What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 176 of TLDR Podcast. It's the one after Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, as Trayden likes to say. Uh, we hope everyone had a great holiday with friends and family. Um, Alex, you were the only person on this podcast who I did not see over Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving. Hope it was great. How was it? Tell us all about it. Uh, yeah, it was It was good. Um, <clears throat> pretty low key, just, just the, the six of us at my parents' house. Um, but it was kind of fun. Cause I got to see my brother in person and for the first time since he and his, well now fiance got engaged. So that was good to see them. Um, but yeah, pretty low key, just ate and hung out with the dogs and then went to bed at like 10 o'clock. So I was full of turkey. I love that. That sounds like a great Thanksgiving. James, I uh, got to see you got to golf a little bit on Friday. Um, tell us about that round you had and uh, how your Thanksgiving was. The round was fun. It was on a course I've never played before. It was long, but that's okay. I drove the best I've driven before in my life that day, but nothing else worked. So, you know, that's just, that's how golf works, man. One part's going to work. Everything else is going to suck. I almost had a hole in one or so it looked at the time, but it really wasn't that close. Anyway, still very fun. Tyler owes me 20 beers uh, because he is just Tyler. And then Trayton did well. And it was, it was a good time. It was fun. Enjoyable. I love golf. Yeah. I, I love how you inconveniently left the part out that I beat you by one stroke. But um, <laughs> that's okay. Trayton, how did your round go? And also, uh, we did something for that we haven't done in a long time on Sunday night. Yes. Um, by that, you mean actually win a game? Yes. Uh, that was fun. Um, I did break my streak in in consecutive games with a goal. So that was kind of upsetting. Wow. Um, but I had quite the assist, um, that I, I was, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, my round was okay. Uh, like James said, it was long. Like I, I don't really, I don't think we all expected it to be that long, but, uh, that kind of messed with the psyche a little bit, but you know, you, you push through Uh great Thanksgiving, um, ate too much as usual. And now I'm ready to just finish out the rest of the year, baby. Hell yeah, we love that. Um, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Um, it was it was definitely a much needed break. Happy to get back into it. Um, as we turn the calendar, we're going into December. Um, you know, obviously, I'm talking about baseball a lot, but you know, Shohei Otani has been the headlines with like 50 different teams, and there's only 30 of them. But it's that's what it seems like going into uh, this deadline of where he's going to land. Um, so, real quick, round the horn: Will we know where Shohei Otani signs before or after Christmas? Alex, I'm going to say before because I want to know. James, I'm going to say after, so it's different than Alex. <laughs> I'm going to say on Christmas Day, so it's different than both of them. Oh, oh wow! Right in the middle. All right. Well, we will find out, and whoever wins gets a gets a little special cookie. Uh, so there you go. Let's Can get. In. What was that? Can I have a beer instead if I'm right. No. Rude. Sorry about it. Okay. Can I have a beer if I'm right. No. It's a cookie. I said the cookie, so the cookie. It's supposed to be fun. God damn. That is have fun. a brownie instead. Everyone loves cookies, goddamn unless you're just sad. We're all fit. Anyway, we're talking too much about random shit. Let's get into the actual podcast here. Fantasy football. We are, what, a couple weeks away from playoff starting. Uh, so it, it, it's crunch time. And James is here to help us out with the waiver wire pickups for week 13 of fantasy football. So James, take it away. This is actually a pretty big waiver wire week because there's a lot of teams on by uh but before we get to that let's talk about fantasy football for our league tyler is in sole possession of first place 
I'm in a two-way tie for second. Alex is in, in a five-way tie for fourth place. So it's a very, very, very close league. And then Traden is still in 10th after losing his eighth consecutive game. Woo. Nice. And he's also been eliminated for two weeks now. Okay, moving on. Teams on by. Like I said, there are a lot. Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Las Vegas Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, and New York Giants. The last one doesn't matter because who has a giant on their team anyway? Nobody. Moving on to quarterback that I picked this week, Jordan Love out of Green Bay. 48% rostered, 26.62 points against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. 22 for 32, 268 yards, three touchdowns, added three carries for 39 yards. This is his second time on my waiver wire segment, if you guys have been paying attention for all 13 weeks. Uh, He just took down the Lions, which was great because they were the hottest team in the league up until that point. And he started off strong with two first quarter touchdowns, and that just set the tone for the rest of the game. It really seems like he has better control of this offense, and even Matt LaFleur thinks so, because in crunch time, he's like, I just got to give the ball to him and let him do his thing and stop trying to micromanage him. He's got 20-plus points over the last two weeks. And the wide receivers also, his weapons have improved vastly this, this year. You have like uh, like Jaden Reed, like my wide receiver I picked from last week. He was great. He was the first touchdown. Thank you very much. Hope you guys listen to that one. And up next, they play the Chiefs, which is a game that's probably going to feature a decent amount of offense. So, Jaden, what do you think? I, I I really like this pick. I mean, if you look at if you look at how you know Love's trended over the last few weeks, he's just continued to get better and better and better. Um, sure, he he's playing. I mean, Pittsburgh is is a mad game. Chargers is a mad game. But that game against Detroit looked dominant. Uh, by the Packers and by Love in particular, uh, three touchdowns, 268 yards, just an absolute game for him. And he and he's been kind of doing this all season. I mean, uh, and he's going to continue to to do that. I think. Uh, I I have to admit, I you know, you're playing the Chiefs. It's it's a tough one. I mean, the Chiefs aren't the the the, the most adept uh, defensive team, but it's still so that does put some pause there. But at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's capable of, of, you know, you look at, you look at Detroit, he's able to take a, a good offensive team, um, and a decent defensive team and, uh, enough and, and make them look absolutely awful. Uh, and who, who's to say that he can't make, uh, give Patrick Mahomes a, a run for his money, at least for one game. Kyle, what do you think? I'm going to take a look here at, uh, Jake Browning, uh, the guy that's filling in for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, no one owns him. Um, you know, obviously because he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. He got his first um, start last week and showed some competence. Like he wasn't great. Um, but he certainly showed some signs that he could be a pretty serviceable quarterback. And if you're, you know, in a, in a, in a big league here, and there's not a lot of quarterbacks, this is a guy that's kind of worth looking at 227 yards, one touchdown, one interception, um, last week, um, just a tick under 12 points, which again is nothing to, you know, you know, you know, love, but it's, it's certainly there. And, um, I think going into the week 13 matchup against Jacksonville, you know, a good team, but 27th ranked against fancy quarterbacks. So, um, with one week out, he kind of gets the jitters out a little bit last week. Maybe he'll get a little bit of a bump, maybe get you closer to, you know, 15 to 20 points kind of in that range. Um, I think that could be a, a, a good pickup. Well, bringing up a lot of stats. Gotta love that. Moving on to running back, Samaj P. Ryan, Denver Broncos, 26% rostered, 13.6 points against the Browns, seven rushes, 55 yards, and a touchdown, added one reception for 11 yards. I agree, this is a weird pick. Why would you ever want to pick a running back two on a team for your fantasy waiver wire thing? But here it is, because the waiver wire market for running backs really sucks. Uh, P. Ryan, though, has been solid over the last two weeks, 13.7 and 13.6 points over the last two weeks. 
And he's on a hot Denver Broncos team who is surprisingly good over the last five weeks because the winners of five straight. Russell Wilson might be coming back. Who knows? This looks good, and it looks really good for P. Ryan. Uh, he's always been a third get down pass, pass catching back, uh, but that's really valuable in a PPR league. So if you're in a PPR league like most Americans are, because that's what you should be doing, mm-hmm. this might be a good pick for you. Over the last three games, 11 receptions for 106 yards. Up next, they play a, Titan, a Texans team where I really think that his pass catching abilities will be utilized a lot because it's pretty much offense on offense there. It's going to be an offensive driven game. Tyler, what do you think? He, as you mentioned, you certainly like the the output that he's been that he's been um, showcasing in the last two weeks, which you like to see. And you know, sometimes teams will kind of, of adjust a little bit. And with the way the Broncos have been playing, as you mentioned, they're they're super hot, and he's been a reason why that they have been winning these football games. So there's no reason to think that he's his um, um, usage is going to come back any 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 bit. So even though it's kind of a two running back system, um, I think you have a pretty good shot of him putting up some good points for you. I bet that took a lot of work for you to say because you're going to be starting the other guy, Javante Williams on the Broncos against me this week. So yep. props to Tyler. Alex, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, um, I get the pick. I And you said PPR and you like usage and I get all of that. But also the only reason he kind of got the usage was because Tyler's new favorite running back, Javante Williams, left the game for a little bit and then came back. And, then it's, and, he, and you said PPR and he got one catch, James. You know who had more catches? We're, we're recycling people at this part of the season, but it was Chuba Hubbard, uh, 14 rushes, had a touchdown, five catches for another 47 yards. Look, the Panthers are terrible. Tyler's other favorite running back, Miles Sanders, is not getting it. Former Eagle. That's how, in case you guys didn't pick up on that. Um, and like, we're looking at 20.2 fantasy points last week. Um, I know they're playing the, the Bucks, who have a pretty good run defense, but I mean, at this, it's week 13. We're, we're grasping at straws. Let's be real. Yeah, we for sure are. The only thing that me about that pick is because Frank Wright got fired. I have no idea how this running back room for the Panthers is going to work. Who's going to start? You, I have no idea. Pick somebody else, so I, I did it. <laughs> I could have just, just not done anything. Just like, nope. Anyway, it, it turns out that Chuba Hubbard is Alex's favorite player. Forget Josh Allen. He's not best friend to Chuba Hubbard. That's what I got. Don't on by, so he can't be my favorite player. <laughs> That's true. Moving on to wide receiver. Rasheed Rice, Kansas City Chiefs, 51.2% rostered. And yes, I know I cheated over the 50% mark, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, 24.7 points against the Raiders. Eight receptions on 10 targets for 107 yards. Second time on my waiver wire picks, and he's slowly fulfilling the prediction that I set forth six weeks ago. I mean, it's been one big game, but I think this is going to be the breakout he needed to have the confidence to be the player he's supposed to be. Again, with 10 targets within the chief offense, should never really go unnoticed because you are one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite targets at that point. There's no question that he is right behind Kelsey in terms of the pecking order. And the Chiefs' offense really seems like it's been in flux or like a funk these last couple of weeks. And how do you get out of it? You lean on your strengths. The strengths of the Chief is passing. Who's going to get a lot of opportunity here? Rasheed Rice. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, no doubt. I think this kid, you know, is, is, is on the ups. Um, I think, you know, especially with the, um, challenges the chiefs have had catching the ball, um, in some recent weeks, I think they're looking for a guy that can be more dependable. And I think, uh, Rashi rice is certainly fitting that bill. Obviously, you know, you obviously put Kelsey number one, but rice could easily be slotted in at their number two for, for these last few weeks. And that's a really good sign for, for fantasy. So like I said, you know, a little bit of 
little bit over 50%, but at this point in the season, James, I think that's a okay, a little bit of a, of a, of a buffer. Um, go pick this guy up. I think he's definitely worth getting, especially if you need some wide receiver slash flex options. Thank you, Tyler. You're making me feel a little bit better about myself for being a terrible person. Absolutely. Trayton, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> first of all, nobody's listening to James because Jaden Reed still is less than 50% and you're an idiot. If you haven't picked him up, me included. Uh, but then again, I don't care because I'm last. So, and I lose every single fucking week, but my other pick because Jaden Reed is the one you pick, um, is, uh, this is, this is, this is only if he clears concussion protocol and is Demario Douglas. I know, I know it's quite, it's, it's the new England quarterback situation. It's an, it's a fucking shit show. I understand that Demario Douglas is emerging as the number one wide receiver in new England. And that enough is, is of interest for, uh, for any, anybody looking for a wide receiver, uh, 38 targets in his last five outings. Um, like I said, clear number one, um, that alone. And you're, you're up against the third worst team, um, uh, defensively to wide receivers in the fucking chargers. So pick them up because you might get a lot of fucking points, but again, you have to keep track of, of whether he clears concussion protocol or not. Yeah, I mean, like, you for sure want to make that pick because it's going to be Brandon Sully's last game as a Charger, so that'll be fun to watch. Moving on to tight end, Pat Fryermuth, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. 41.9% rostered, 21 points against the Bengals, nine receptions on 11 targets for 120 yards. Out of everybody on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense who benefited from this offensive coordinator change, it's Pat Fryermuth. I mean, he got he was a big focus of this offense from the get-go. 11 targets is insane for anybody in a tight end even more insane. He's been pretty terrible all season long. Let's be real. He's been non-existent. He hasn't even been a thing uh, because Matt Canada sucked at being an offensive coordinator. But now that he's gone, Friar should be back to his normal offensive self. We're up next to play the Cardinals who were just a terrible defense overall. So I honestly expect this guy to get six plus targets and maybe even a touchdown. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, this is the easiest waiver wire pickup of the week. No doubt. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I want to hear Tyler have to pronounce it in about 30 seconds. Um, but this this tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, they're playing the Cardinals, Cardinals who are trash. Um, he's obviously now become a big part of this offense. And I think he was hurt for a good portion of the season as well. So ideally, now this has been his third week back. You would assume he's just getting healthier and healthier. And yeah, the, um, the offense seems to be turning around in Pittsburgh. Um, so yeah, Pat, Tyler. His last name. I'll let you say it out loud. Briarmouth. Out of one. Proud of you. He is for the last thirty minutes, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of it's practice. The easy, easiest pickup, um, especially if you've got an injured or an injured tight end or any of these other tight ends that are on bio this week. Um, Friarmouth's the way to go. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, definitely a good pickup there. But uh, I'm gonna go with my boy Juwan Johnson of the new Orleans saints. I love this guy. All right. I mean, he's been a pick before. Um, I feel like him and I would be really good friends. I don't know why I just, I just have a, there's this, there's this unspoken bond there. This guy's awesome. All you right. So saints, his name was Juan at nope. first. What do you mean? I know that's why we connected. Cause I fucked up. I called him. I was like, dude, my bad. And he's like, it's all good, dude. And people make mistakes and now we're on good terms. All right. So that, 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 that's how that's going. JJ and I are cool, but the saints, what they got going on right now is that a lot of their, their receivers are banged up, which means that Johnson is moving up 
the depth chart on the, on the, on the receiving end. So he had a season high in receptions and yards last week due to some of those injuries. Look for that to continue going into week 13. I think this is a good solid pickup, especially with the very thin waiver wire for tight ends. I love it. And that wraps up number 13 of our waiver wires. Hope you guys enjoyed and hope you're in the playoffs and not losing like trading steam is. That's all. <laughs> yep. Trading is just the epitome of sadness in fantasy football, but that's okay. There has to be one. Uh, we're looking forward to some fantasy, more fantasy football. Um, it's like I said, getting down to the nitty gritty here before we get into the playoffs in a couple of weeks. Hope you guys are having success with your fantasy football teams. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk NBA basketball with Alex. Welcome back, everybody. We are heading over to the National Basketball Association. Alex is going to keep you up to date with all the latest from the basketball world. Alex, what we got? Okay, that got me. Uh, thank you, Tyler. Uh, appreciate that. All the things going on in the basketball world, uh, Mark Cuban got even richer. This was not something that I told the boys we're going to discuss, but we're just going to bring it up really quickly. Uh, he sold a majority stake of the Dallas Mavericks but somehow still re, uh, retains all the rights to the basketball decisions and pretty much made a shit ton of money off of it. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he bought the Mavericks in 2000 for like 220 million or something and just sold that stake for like 3.5 bill. So 3.2 bill. I was pretty close. Uh, update. $3.5 billion is more than $225. Million. So Martin Cuban, you're good at what you do. Uh, James, does this intrigue you at all? Does, do you care that cubes did this? I call them cubes cause we're homies. <laughs> uh, 0%. I, I don't care at all. Um, in terms of the Mavericks, like he is still, still going to retain all of the things he does. So it doesn't change anything with the organization. He just made a lot more money. So good for him. Um, he might be running for president. He just left shark tank. I don't know what he's up to, but something big is going to happen in his life. We'll all tune in and see what happens next. Like the Truman show. Cool. I like that. Uh, Tyler or trading, do, do you guys care at all about this? Yeah. I mean, I it's just money, money like that just doesn't really compute in my brain. Um, trading might have a better idea since he works with money more and more often, but it's pretty wild. Yeah. It seems like Cuban's up to something because, uh, as James also mentioned, he's uh, leaving Shark Tank after like being on that show forever. So um, I, I saw like a side by side comparison of when he started and when what it was lately. And he's, he's getting up there in age. So I think he's, uh, I don't know, uh, early retirement, which I mean, obviously when you have $3.5 billion, you can do that. Oh, Trade, uh, any thoughts me, on, on cubes? cubes. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of him. I don't really like him. So don't care. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I honestly didn't know shark tank was still going. So that's, that's news to me. So that's fun. Uh, um, okay, we're going to get into more basketball actual related things. And this is all positivity for teams that are generally not something that we talk positively about. Um, one in the East and one in the West. The Orlando Magic, you guys, are 12 and 5. They are second in the East. They've won seven games in a row. Three weeks ago, my outrageous comment was that they were going to be a top six team in the Eastern Conference. And so far, I look like a genius. In the Western Conference side of things, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 12 and four. They're eight, uh, they're eight and two over their last 10, and they are the number one seed. 
in the Western Conference. I thought about adding the Nuggets in here, who are, I mean, not the Nuggets, the Thunder, who are the number two seed. But like, I think we all thought the Nuggets, I mean, God, why don't you say the Nuggets? The Thunder were going to be pretty good. But the Timberwolves and the Magic, Magic, I would say, you know, we did not have as a potential playoff team coming into the year. The Timberwolves, I thought we maybe thought of as like a fringe play in tournament type team, but they're off to great starts. Uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. Talk about these teams, one or the other, or both. Do you have confidence they'll stay this way? Do you have confidence over one or the other? No confidence in either. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I have more confidence in the Timberwolves um, in terms of being more of that contender realm. Um, I think the Western Conference is a little bit more thinned out than it has been. Um, I think, you know, obviously the Nuggets with their with their injuries um, are taking a little bit of a step back. I still have the Nuggets as like the number one team in that conference, but I think the Timberwolves are definitely sneaking up there and I think have a legitimate shot. Um, to possibly beat the Nuggets in a playoff series, I think I think they're definitely showing that. It's obviously still early. Um, I think that Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert chemistry that was a little bit wonky. I think this season so far has worked out really well. Um, so I think you see a lot of improvement there, which is huge, along with what with with the other pieces that they already have. I think this team is is really coming into their own and playing really well. They got a lot of confidence. So I like the Timberwolves over the Magic in terms of you know kind of more contender realm. Magic on their hand, though, they're playing really well against really good teams. They're getting a lot of confidence. They're a young group um, that that is, you know, putting in themselves in the conversation early, which is which is great. They're the only team in the league, top five in defense and rebounding. So you know that they're going out there. They're putting in a lot of effort, which you like to see. So I don't expect them to be. I still consider, you know, Boston, Milwaukee and Philly as like the top, the big three in the East. I don't think Orlando's quite there yet, but a playoff team, I think at this point with what we've seen early is definitely a very real possibility. Okay. I like that trade in Timberwolves magic. Obviously we know the magic have its top five Jersey of all time. Um, that's already been determined. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's a big deal. Um, for, for, for me, what, what I find most interesting is you, you look at the defensive ratings for each team. First and second are the Timberwolves and the magic. and their their offensive ratings are not are not quite there. They're they're middle of the pack, which is which is fine, but they're defending well enough, and and that leads me to think that the, that these teams are coming together as a unit, uh, and it seems to be the case for for both for both teams here, and that means a lot. I that means a lot with any team, and it means a lot in the NBA when. You may not have the the greatest of all stars. I'm not saying they don't have any because because we know they do, but they don't have the they may not have the the greatest of all star uh, pedigree that these that these other you know contending teams have. And they're finding ways to win games. I mean, the Magic, you know, Magic's beating you know the Celtics, Nuggets, the Bucks, uh, the Timberwolves are 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 were dominant, uh, you know, I've been dominant for as of late for, for quite a while. And, you know, you look at, you look at some of those games against the, the, uh, like the warriors, for example, and they just are finding ways to beat good teams, both of these teams, uh, for me in terms of contending, I don't know if they're necessarily contending teams for a championship per se, but I definitely think that the, the, the way that they have set themselves up and that they're not having to outscore their issues. They're actually out defending some of their offensive issues is a much better problem. I'd rather have, uh, I think both of these teams are playoff contenders, meaning that they're probably can make it out of the play. in they might not even have to play in the play in with, the, with the, the way they've started. Um, 
I just don't know if I see them as as true contenders, though. Though when you look at especially the Timberwolves, you could see I I I I like their chances a little bit more. I I would say, and um, they might be buyers at at a deadline and be be posed to you know poised to to make a run. Yeah, trading. That's a good point. The uh, not having to outscore your defensive woes and having it the flip flop way is generally a better way to succeed in most sports. Is have a better defense and score enough than oh god, we can't stop anything. We have to score 180 points a game, all of James's Indiana Pacers. So, uh, <laughs> I I get you. I like that a lot. That was a really great point, James. Uh, Magic Timberwolves. What are your thoughts on these kind of early early season uh, starts for them? Uh, plain and simple, I don't like the Magic. Um, Traden named off like three teams that they beat who were good. Um, everybody else they beat pretty terrible. You got Houston, Blazers, Utah, Chicago twice. Toronto is out of a playoff spot. Charlotte was out of a playoff spot. Like these are the teams that they beat on route to their twelve wins. <laughs> They've beaten more terrible teams than better teams. On the flip side, I like the Timberwolves a lot. Uh, I did their preview in the off season, um, but they have more dudes on their team. They are more set to win. They uh, they they were in the playoffs last year, and they played against the Nuggets in the first round. And after the Nuggets won it all, a lot of the Nuggets players said that the toughest matchup they had was the Timberwolves in round one. And they just kind of cruised to the rest of the playoffs and won the finals. But that round one matchup with the Timberwolves was the hardest one for them, and that's incredible. And for the first time in a long time, Cat's healthy, Ant's healthy, Gobert's healthy. That was an issue last season where the that's why the chemistry wasn't there. That's why Gobert and Cat were like button heads because they didn't play together ever. But now they are. And it, they're built to win. They have more dudes. They have all aspects of that game pretty much locked down. You have like an automatic bucket and ant. You got that stretch four big with Cat. You have a defensive anchor with Gobert. Mike Conley will quarterback that offense perfectly. And you have all these role players like Jaden McDaniels when he's not grabbing jerseys or Nas Reed or Carl Anderson when he's not shooting the slowest shot ever. Like that's what's happening with this team. They're built to win. They're competing right now, and they're going to continue to do so. The only thing that's going to submarine them is health. But as long as they can stay healthy, like every other team, they're built for success. I like them a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to... So at least for me on the Timberwolves side, I would agree. I think they're probably a easier pick to be a contender, just also because they have, they've had more time in the NBA, like their guys. I mean, obviously, Mike Conley's in year 35 or whatever. And, you know, Cat... Cat is if Cat's probably in year nine, and it would surprise everyone when I said that. But it's, he's probably been in the league a lot longer than you think. Um, and yeah, Gobert is one of those guys who is can be one to somewhat guard some of these other elite elite bigs in the Western Conference. And yeah, we talk shit about Gobert because he's Gobert, but he's known for being a defensive player. And then I think at the end of this season, we'll look at Anthony Edwards as a top ten player in the NBA. And I don't think there's I. Fully believe that will happen. James, I get what you're saying about the Magic and they're not beating very good teams, but they did also beat the Nuggets and the Celtics. Those are two very, very good teams, including, I will give them a little bit of credit, they beat the Nuggets team on a back-to-back where the Magic had the back-to-back on a rest disadvantage and came back from nine points in the fourth quarter. I don't care what you say. I know Jamal Murray's hurt. I know the Nuggets are not 100%. That's impressive for a very young Magic team. And I agree with what Tyler said too. I think we're still looking at these kind of top three or four teams in the East 
But the Magic, I think, can hang around. They they don't have. I mean, kind of Paolo's maybe they're almost superstar, but and he's getting there. But they have a depth scoring, good defense. They're not relying on one guy to do everything. Um, and potentially, if whatever Markel Fultz is and whatever Wendell Carter Jr. is when they come back healthy, that could potentially help the Magic as well. Mostly, I just want to see them make the playoffs because it's been so long for Orlando fans. I'm a, I guess I'm assuming there are some. I don't know if I've ever known any, but hopefully they can they can keep it going because at least it's been it's been a fun start of the season for the Magic. Um, okay, we are moving on to the next step in the uh, City Connect jerseys, whatever the hell they're called, City jerseys. And this time, we are going with our favorite conference division, whatever you want to call it, the uh, Pacific Division. And because they're the first ones up on the screen, we are starting with the Golden State Warriors. Trade in, I'm obviously starting with you since this is your team. So the jerseys, um, black and yellow just says San Francisco in like not straight font, which I really don't understand. It's kind of wavy, which I don't really get. And then the one, like the Jersey we're looking at is clay Thompson's number 11 Jersey. And they do have a little shadow behind the ones to kind of make it pop off a little bit. Um, the front and then kind of, some like yellow lines down the sides that sort of split off into two. I don't really know how to describe it, but trade in the golden state warriors that are now the San Francisco warriors because it says San Francisco on the Jersey thoughts. Yeah. What, so a couple you- things, obviously uh, they play in San Francisco now. Um, so sure. there's that San Francisco is also one thing, boys. It is hilly. That represents Hills. That's what the wave is for. Ah, um, so, uh, so uh, look, I think this is a clean Jersey. Definitely. Obviously it's, it, they're, they're diving into the Hill thing. I mean, it's, that's why it's there. Like it's, that's the, if, if you've ever been to San Francisco, that's all it's about. Um, this is a clean Jersey. It's not like, I, I don't know why they can't just have fun, more fun with it. It's kind of annoying. So I, I think they're solid, but that's about it. Six, seven. Okay. Yeah, it it is kind of just I don't know basic. I guess Tyler was shaking his head, so I'm a, potentially he's less in a, less intrigued on this one. Yeah, I the OCD in me. This is get, these jerseys give me so much anxiety just looking at them. Um, I get sure a hill wave, but like, dude, like, I'll, what I want to do when I see the jersey is literally like straighten it out and like make it centered. And I also am not a fan of on the back of the jersey the name under the number. I've never, I've never liked that. Some other teams have done that. I'm not a fan of that. Um, the colors are okay. You know, I think overall, but, um, yeah, this just doesn't do it for me. I'm, I'm going like a three, three on this three, three. Yeah. That is a good point. The, the name on the back of the Jersey would be like in the middle of your back instead of across your shoulders, which is typically where jerseys obviously have people's last names or, or first names if you're Ichiro, but, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, James, the San Francisco Warriors. So Jaden was talking about hills, and I what I thought about when I saw that waviness was like that really iconic road that goes like windy. Yeah. That's what I thought of. Uh, same yeah. thing there. Uh, I don't mind the back of the jersey name being in the middle. Cool. Do do you man go pop off with the numbers? I like that bumblebee color they got going on. I mean, I I like the ingenuity of the waviness. 
That's something you haven't seen yet. I think that's cool. It doesn't give me anxiety. I don't got OCD. I'm a normal human being. So I'm going to go with 7.3. 7.3? Yes. Okay. Uh, Lombard Street is what James is talking about in San Francisco. Um, the San Francisco on the jersey does not look like what Lombard Street looks like in real life. But I get what you're saying. It is hilly. I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Traden where I just wish they had, they could have done more. Like they could have been way more fun with this. Um, so I'm just going to give it a 5.2. I think it's fine. I wouldn't buy one. And that's not because I'm obviously not a Warriors fan. I'm just kind of like, eh, with these. So um, I'd say kind of average scores. Tyler and his OCD were not feeling it. Sorry. So we're going to go directly back to it, to it with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, it is a black jersey with purple trim. Um, the Los Angeles is in a triangle shaped, pyramid shaped, like the words Los Angeles are in a a point. I don't know. And for some reason, the N in Angeles is the top of the point. And I know that's because of the way the letters are spaced, but I don't know how I feel about it. And then the numbers in the middle are purple with uh, gold trim. And then Tyler, it does have the last name across the shoulders instead of the middle. Does this, Tyler, uh, make your OCD go fizzy? <laughs> a little bit, but not nearly as bad as the San Francisco one. Obviously, the spacing of the Los Angeles is a little weird. It's just very busy, and I think that's the best you can do. I mean, obviously, when you're if you're going for that kind of triangle shape, and you have, you know, see Los Angeles, it's gonna it's gonna create a lot of a little bit of a mess. I don't think they needed to put the Lakers in the bottom. I think that's just, like I said, it's already a busy enough jersey to put that on the bottom kind of just makes it seem a little bit weird. That The front's weird. The back with the colors, like the the the, the purple, gold, and black, I think is cool. Um, so I, I, you know, I think the color scheme is 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 fine. But yeah, the, the front just is a little bit weird for me. So maybe a little bit better, but I'm going to go like a 5-2 on these. Okay. Uh, James, as our other resident Lakers fan, how do you feel about these jerseys? I love the color scheme. I love the purple. I love the black. I love the yellow. I love how that that meshes together there. And I like how it has kind of like a nightshade and a darker feel to it. That's pretty cool. I hate the Los Angeles part. I don't like that triangle one bit. Uh, it's hard to read. Like, where do you start? Do you, Angeles? Los A? Like, it's weird, man. I don't enjoy that. It, it's not... It's symmetrical, so you got that going for it, but it just looks awful. Uh, the color scheme is great. Lettering is awful. So I'm going to give it a 5-5. Five, five. Okay. Uh, Trade-in. What are your thoughts as the non-Lakers fan on the pod? Yeah, just another failure by Nike. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. Nike sucks, guys. Like They're, they're, they're actually sucking ass lately in, in kind of a lot of ways. Um, the, the color scheme, look, I love it. I actually like it. It's I like it a lot more than like, lots of gold. I have an issue with lots of gold, uh, as I'm wearing an ugly orange sweater. Um, I, but the black looks really nice. Just why did you got, did you have to do the pyramid thing? It just seems kind of weird. Um, I, I just think they could have done something else. I, I will give them points for going there and having fun with it. And I've had issues with it, with that in the past. So with that, I would give it a six, that's a six, two, that's giving it an extra uh, point for, being fun. And I like that. Okay. I like that. Um, 
I, I agree with kind of everything the boys said. The color scheme is great. I don't, you know, generally when black is the main color and then the purple and the gold really pop off of that, I don't think it's hard to really critique that too much. Yes, the Los Angeles part is not great. They probably could have just done something fun with the word Lakers instead of Los Angeles. I know it's a city jersey, but I mean, at least it's not three lines that are supposed to say Memphis. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see how these are any better or any worse than the Warriors one. So I'm giving them exactly the same score as 5.2, trying to be as unbiased as possible because I just, I don't get it. Like they could have been, could have done so much better. Moving on to the Clippers. Uh, there's just says clips across the front. I will give them a tiny bit of credit. Well, actually this, that is kind of cool. The dot on the eye is a basketball. And we, you know how the boys love the sport involving in the, in the Jersey. Um, and then it just says clips and then the number and on the back, it says Leonard with the number under it. And that's kind of it. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, James, the clips. This reminds me of like the old wizards jerseys back when Michael Jordan played with the wizards, just the way the font is up with the basketball on it. Um, but outside of that, this looks like something some kid made in paint, like, you know, paint on like huh. old school computers. Yeah. I feel like they make this on paint right now and make it look exactly like that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, it looks kind of like chips. If you look at it too. I mean, chips are good. Um, <clears throat> color scheme is weird to me. It's like a faded gray. I don't even know how to describe it, man. I'm not a fan of the Jersey first and foremost. Um, 4.2. Okay. Uh, Traden was nodding his head along to the word chips. So yeah, definitely looks like chips. Um, I'm shorting Nike stock first thing tomorrow because <laughs> they're, they're just, they're just, they're just missing the mark. They're, they've, they missed the plot. Um, that the, these, the font looks like Pringles font. That's why the chips are like that. Because if you look at a Pringles can, it has that kind of like weird font. That's what that is. Uh, these are bad. <laughs> these are like a three, six, dude. Come on. I have, I don't have a feeling Tyler's going to be that much more positive about them, but Ty, what do you got? I actually feel a little bit more positive compared to the other guys. I'm a little conflicted on this one. I, I, I love it when teams with these uh, city connectors, whatever they go with, like the, the team nicknames and, you know, clip like clips. I think that's great. Um, like they could have done Lake show or something like cool with that, but they didn't. Um, so I like that. It does look like chips from a distance. I, I I get that. The font is a little nothing to you know write write home about. But I like the clips part. And then I actually don't hate this color gray. I think it's a cool shade. I think it's this like cool like I don't even know how to describe. It. I think you should you know Google it. Um, but I actually like the color a lot. Um, with with kind of the white and blue. I'm not really sure how that pertains to the Clippers at all. Like they don't never wear this color ever and it doesn't really, you know, re- remind me of the Clippers. Um so like I said I'm a little bit conflicted over it cuz it doesn't really match them, but it I do like some pieces of it a lot. So I'm going to go like a 6.8. 6.8. Okay. Yeah, I think the Clippers kind of run into that problem that other teams run into when I mean, the Clippers have been around for a, a lot, like a long, a while, you know, they're not the Kraken or somebody who's been around for 45 seconds, but not a lot of positive history in the Clippers, uh, you know, base, basketball reference page. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't help that the team that they share an arena with, you know, at least for the time being has a lot of history to them um, and has their own kind of iconic 
colors and and things like that. So the Clippers just get the short end of the stick again. Um, I agree with Ty, like I agree with Ty where I don't I don't mind the color that much. I don't understand how it matches with their normal color or the city of Los Angeles unless they were going for like smog colored, which is probably like not a positive. Uh, so I'm kind of out on that. I just think they're fine. Like I don't, I kind of agree with trade into you're like Nike, just like do something better. Like just be more, just go all the, all out. I'm going to give them a 4.8 for just, but I don't know. I'm hoping these next two will be a little bit better. Cause it's been kind of sad so far. Moving on to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they have purple jerseys that say El Valley across the front. And then the gradient on the uh, on the number starts as like a yellowish orange and then fades into more of like a reddish, like almost like kind of maroonish color. And then down the sides, they also have kind of a design with the like red and the purple and the yellow kind of added in there. I kind of have a feeling that guys are going to like these ones a lot more just because they're different and they're fun. Uh, Trayden, let's start with you. The Phoenix Suns El Valley jerseys. This is more like it. This is fun. This is good. Um, the the font's nice. The color scheme pops. The purple's fantastic. Um, look, they the the um, El Valley is really cool. Uh, the I I, just, I I really like these. These are this is this is clean, but also it it. You know, it it has a sense of um, you know connection of a of, of a sort. You know, it 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 looks like the Suns. I, I this is this is more like it. Um, I'm going to give this an eight two. I really like these a lot. Two. All right, uh, James, what do you think about the Suns jersey? I really enjoy the size, <clears throat> like that design they got going on. It's like a Diablo type thing, and when I think Diablo, I think desert, and that's that's what you're going for because that's where Phoenix is at desert. Uh, I do like the grading a lot. I think they could have faded the middle a little bit, a little bit more, just kind of tapered it through. But aside of that, like this is actually new. This is exciting. This is like ingenuity at its finest. Some would say like it, the best thing that's happened on this Pacific one so far. Somebody give us like a seven, eight, seven, eight. Okay. Uh, Ty. Yeah. I mean, I think this one hits all the check marks. I think you you're looking at, you know, the city connect it, it, it matches that with the L with the L Valley, you know, and overall, like the color scheme, it looks like a desert sunset, which is absolutely perfect. They nailed this one. 9.2. 9.2 for Mr. King. That's a big, that's a big statement. I do like these ones a lot. Um, they even have this design on their floor sometimes not for the in season tournament. They have like the Valley of the sun on there. Um, which is just another reference to Phoenix in general. Um, yeah, I like that. It's a gradient on the, on the number. That's just not that hard to do that. Any of these other jerseys could have done, um, like even the Lakers or the Clippers Jersey, just going from yellow to purple could have been cool. This is almost, that's almost what the Suns team did. Um, I don't know who designed these. I don't know if it's Nike. I don't know how much the team has on an input on these, but I like this one a lot. I'm going to give it an 8.8. Um, but yeah, these are, I feel like are kind of the best ones, at least so far in the Pacific, we've got one more, the Sacramento Kings. So to give them some credit, they went different. Uh, it is white and blue with red. Uh, I think it's just the best way to put it. Maybe like two thirds of it is blue. And then there's a red vertical line. And then the other part is white with blue writing that says Kings, um, going obviously up and down. 
And then on the back is just that full blue color. Um, and then just, uh, you know, just the number on there, nothing too crazy. Um, this is kind of reminiscent of their like very old, old jerseys. I think when they were in Kansas city as the monarchs, if I'm remembering correctly, I will say it's different. Um, not really normal colors that they wear, but, uh, James, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Sacramento Kings? When I first saw this jersey, I thought of the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that's just the color scheme that it rolls with because the red, white, and blue pretty much. Um, but I, I like how it's like a thing down the side, like that white stripe down the side with the number, the name of the team on it. I like that a lot. I just wish they had some continuity on the back end because on the, on the back of the jersey, it's just a normal jersey. Right. And so if they had some sort of continuity of something different back there, I would have made the jersey a lot better, in my opinion. Would it have looked weird? Yes. But that's what you're going for. You don't want normal. The back of the jersey is normal as can be. Uh, but I like the way everything is set up in the front. I love the red. I love the white. And I love the kings and purple. And I love how the numbers on like that, that breastplate there. Um, so just giving it off the front, I'm going to give it like an 8.2. 8.2. Okay. Traden, what are your thoughts on Sacramento Kings? I might be big braining this a little bit, but I really like these in that, that, that stripe where the, the Kings is, it kind of reminds me of like a, a, a Royal sash of some sort that a King would wear. And uh, I know that it kind of goes across your chest usually, but I think that that would have been a little bit too much the way they have it just straight down. It just looks regal to us to an extent. I love the connection to the old. Um, this is better. This is great. I actually really, really like these are clean. The color scheme is great. And, and I just get kind of a regal sense out of it. Uh, I'm going to give these a eight, nine, eight, nine. Okay. I like that. Tyler, are you as positive as the other boys? Yeah, I, I, I do like these. Um, at my first, my first initial gut reaction was like, that's different and weird. And I was like, I didn't like it. But then when I got a more of a closer look to it and really kind of took it in, I do like it. Trey and I agree. I think that the, it reminds me of like a Royal sash kind of deal, which is really cool. And I think that design with this particular mascot is great. Um, the colors are great. Um, I guess again, I thank you, uh, Alex for explaining why they chose those colors, you know, kind of going back to kind of their history. I was going to be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the red, white, and blue. It looks cool, but I don't understand it. But now that it's more of a history thing, I, I love that. Um, so I think it's really cool. Um, you said very different, very, very unique. Um, Wally, um, but it's it's really really cool. So um, I'm gonna go uh, eight and a half on these. Eight and a half. All right, all eights on this one. I agree with the boys. I really like this one. Um, I also just think it's different from their normal jerseys. It's not something that you know you typically see from the Kings. So good on them for trying something different, and it and it worked. Um, you know, I guess we should have given Memphis some credit for trying something different, even though it didn't work. But we gave them no credit. Uh, and maybe that's why they're like three and 18 to start the season. Um, I'm going to go an 8.5 as well. Um, I think that kind of just averages out. Um, I really like this Jersey. Uh, I would actually consider buying one of these, which I think is kind of the main, my main thoughts on a lot of these is like, if it's into an eight, I would consider purchasing it, even if they're not my team. Um, and I would consider that. But that is it for the Pacific Division. And then just real quick, we have our marquee matchups as well. Uh, it went Last week went really well for some of us and really poorly for others. Uh, we're going to start on the negatives, and I'm so sorry. Uh, James and Traden, you both went one and three. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, you went two and two. And yours truly, four and oh. Uh, so uh, 
Traden, I am so sorry to say this, but just like fantasy football, you are in last place at five and eight. Uh, James, you have dropped to third place at seven and six. Tyler's eight and five. And with my four no week, I jumped to nine and four. But we have three more matchups to get to. Uh, we have the 76ers taking on the Boston Celtics in Boston. Uh, James, Sixers or Celtics? Boston on this one. All right. Uh, Traded. I'm going to take the 76ers here. Okay. Ty, Ty. Hard to go against Boston at home. Celtics. Uh, I'm going out on a limb. The 76ers just destroyed the Lakers. They're playing well. I'm going to pick the Sixers. And then we have the Denver Nuggets at the El Valley Suns. Uh, We like the Suns jerseys. We thought the Nuggets jerseys were just okay. So I don't know if that uh, makes you change your mind at all. But Tyler, uh, Nuggets at Suns. Want to play good? You got to look good. Suns are looking good. El Valley in this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people hurt in this game on <laughs> this one, but uh, trading Nuggies, Sun, Sunsies. Um, I'll take the Suns here as well. Just right. I don't know why. Okay, uh, James. I'll also take the Suns. As boring as that is, Sunsies. Okay. All right. Well, to be different, I'm going to take the Nuggets, which helps me go for no last week, so it'll probably backfire. And then uh, we have the uh, Thunder at the Mavericks. Uh, trading Thunder Mavs. Uh, I'm going to go with Mavericks. Okay. Uh, Ty Ty? Thunder. Thunder. Tyler loves a thunder down under. Uh, James, thunder at Mavs. I think this whole Josh Giddy thing is going to start to blow up in the thunder's faces, so I got the Mavs winning. Yeah, I decided that we didn't need to talk about that, so thanks for bringing it up. Um, I'm also going to go Mavs. Uh, I think they're they're playing well, and we will we'll just see how it goes. We still got a long way to go, obviously, with these. Um, and everyone's still in it. Just need some positive weeks from some folks, and we'll get it closer together. But, Tyler, that's all I got for the NBA this week. Thank you, Alex. Another great segment of NBA, as always. Uh, we got one more segment for you coming up. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Traden is taking us to the NHL. Welcome back, everybody. We are transitioning to the National Hockey League. Traden's got the latest from the NHL. Traden, let's go. Let's go indeed. Well, quickly, um, I will follow suit from the boys and do my own little uh, fantasy update for this season. Um, James, you have won three in a row. That's good for third uh, tied for third place right now with Tyler, who uh, won last week to go four and three and myself who also is four and three um, Alex, you're three and four, but you're still, you're still well within it. Um, that last win brought you, you know, brought you just a, a, a game or so or a week or so behind. So um, you're still, you're still well within it. Mike's Mike's struggling boys, two and five. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, and Jess just can't lose. She's only five and two. I, I, I just appreciate that a lot. Um, let's, let's also look at the in-season cup. Uh Alex, you're you're winning again. Uh, you continue to win. 24 days. James has not had the cup for a long, long time. It seems like um, Tyler just took the took a day for me to uh, last yesterday, um, and right now he is beating my Tampa Bay Lightning um, to for the uh, the Coyotes are slated probably to keep it, but we'll see how they how they do going forward. 
Um, and then we'll talk about the um, the key matchups at the end. Well, boys, um, what we're going to talk about um, definitely is being eclipsed by something bigger. And um, but we don't have enough information to talk about it. Um, and that's the Corey Perry incident. Um, I have to say, I, this is my opinion, um, very disgusted by a lot of people out there that are spreading just an awful, awful, disgusting rumor about uh, Corey Perry. Look, we love Corey Perry as much as we love James Harden on this podcast. There's no love lost there. Although he is a human, so is Connor Bedard. Uh, so is so is that whole organization. Uh, everyone within that organization, um, just just do better. Just do better. Um, you, you can do better than that, Corey Perry. Uh, uh, we will probably discuss that if we get some information next week. Uh, moving on to what was at the time, uh, like what the time we're gonna, I'm gonna push it, push the Kings back. Sorry, guys. I want to talk about the 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 big news. Um, Patrick Kane found a team. Um, and that team happened to be the Detroit Red Wings. So I wanted to talk about the Detroit Red Wings and their newest um, addition um, being Patrick Kane. Um, you know, the Red Wings come came in, uh, you know, after after their trip to Europe and just looked absolutely dominant um, out of all the all the four teams that went to Europe. Uh, they've been the best uh, and they have not and they put pl- played themselves into a, a divisional spot and are just looking so, so good. Uh, and then they bring in Patrick Kane, um, you know, on a, on a surprisingly one year deal. Um, I, I, I believe, I don't know if everything's been quite ironed out, but it seems like it's a one year deal. Um, uh, and the Detroit Red Wings are dominant guys. Uh, and it, presumably he's going to, he's going to play back with, uh, with the Brinkett. That's what we hope to see. Um, I just want to go and kind of go around. Let's talk about Detroit, uh, James. Um, Detroit's been kind of a team of the, of the three up and coming teams that we always talk about. They, they're a team that you've always kind of said are the tops of those three. Uh, and we're seeing, and we're seeing some great goaltending by Alex Lyon, uh, who's, who's kind of, kind of, you know, brought this team back into, into contention with, with Patrick Kane. Do you think this team has what it takes to, uh, you know, make, make the playoffs in a very, very, very tight Eastern conference? Well, I thought that they had what it took to make the con to make the playoffs before Patrick came. Um, I like the way the team had grown. I like the offense that that had changed in this offseason because of the addition of Alex Debrinke and the growing of Larkin and everybody and every the insider being better too. <clears throat> um, but the bringing on of Patrick Kane, I I don't know what to expect. He is going to be thirty five years old. He is coming off of a hip surgery and. If you know anything about hockey, hips are important because that's how you maneuver on the ice, making everything happen. And typically what you see from players coming back from an injury, they're not themselves for the first couple of months. They might not even be themselves for the the next year. It takes a while. Like uh, for the Oilers, Connor Brown, he had a terrible first year after his ACL. Now he's playing better now with the Oilers. That happens. You need time to be better. I don't know what to expect from Patrick Kane. What What he used to bring was offense. And is he going to bring that? I'm not sure. The Red Wings don't necessarily need offense. They are third in the league, I believe, in goal scored. Fifth in goal scored. But they are 18th in goals allowed. And so there's a big difference there of of 13 spots between how many goals you score and how many goals you let in. So they needed some help on defense because their offense has been firing on all cylinders and it's been fantastic. Alex Lyon's going to hop in there and do his thing. That's great. You still have Husso. You still have Reimer. Like You still got those guys in goal. That's great. It's just a question for me of 
who, what kind of Patrick Kane am I going to get? Am I going to get the, the Patrick Kane that's been bit by Father Time was undefeated? Because 35 years of age in, in the National Hockey League, unless you're Yamir Yager, is pretty fucking old, especially coming off a hip surgery. And I haven't seen this guy play in so long. And that's, his stats last season, his age 34 season, he played over two teams, right? He scored 57 points over two teams on over 72 games or something like that. Like, and before that, his stats were great because he was in Chicago and he was the guy. Him and Taze were the guys. He's not going to be the guy in Detroit. He's going to be a third option, maybe. And will he be successful in the third option? I don't know. It's hard to judge what this means for this organization. If they're going to try and force feed him the ball and then ruin their offensive momentum, or the puck, I mean, and then ruin their offensive momentum. How is that going to work? It's just really up in the air for me. Um, at first, I love the name value, but it really, I don't know what Patrick Kane I'm getting. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I, I, I kind of look at this and, and, and wonder, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a, a nice fit because he's not going to be asked to do much except, you know, compliment, um, to bring it. And when you saw what, what, uh, him and him and to bring it looked like, you know, in Chicago, it was, it was dynamic. Uh, and if they can bring that back and get him go get to bring it back going to where he was in the beginning of the season, they're in good shape. But Alex, I want to ask you, I think Pat, we all think that Patrick Kane wanted, was going to go to a team he thought could win. And, and when I heard that Detroit was in it, I was like, okay, it's probably going to be a multi-year deal, maybe two years. He signs probably a one-year deal with Detroit. First of all, do you, do, do, I mean, he must obviously think that they can win. What Do you see that? Do you see that this is a winning team this year? Um... I mean, I see it as a better team than the Blackhawks. So, uh, I, I, I think they must have obviously done a good job convincing him of the direction that they expect the team to go for the rest of the season. And maybe that was part of the deal is why he decided not to sign a second uh, with a second year with somebody. I don't know if that was on the table with, with other teams. Um, and it might've been one of those things too, where, it was kind of his best. Maybe it was just the best chance because I know Buffalo was like the rumor for a long time because he's from that general area. Buffalo's not been off to the start that we thought they would. And maybe that had something to do with it. And he picked Detroit and maybe it's a thing too, where Detroit is really not all that far from Chicago. And maybe he still has a place in Chicago and it's an ease of travel thing. Who knows? And maybe it's the, the ease of being with Debrinkat and someone who, you know, they know he knows that he's succeeded with before. Not sure that they can count on that again, uh, upcoming, but he, they obviously must've convinced him or he convinced himself or a mixture of the two that they thought they were going to win. Um, and it helps that they've been playing well and, and getting back in the race. Cause yeah, they were kind of up and down to start the season. So, um, you know, I guess we'll have to see. He didn't really perform that well at the Rangers last year after he got traded, but maybe it'll go better in Detroit. Maybe it will. I think Detroit's certainly hoping so. Um, although I, I agree with you and James. How, how is he going to be like after the after hip surgery? So I wonder why uh, Dallas would have punted on this one because they saw what uh, they had to deal with in Tyler Sagan at hip surgery. It's been a while since he'd been able to get back to him. Tyler, I want to ask you... Um, <laughs> What are the ex what are the realistic expectations for this team? I mean, uh, I I'm even questioning their playoff abilities, and I'm saying that because of how deep and 
close this Eastern Conference is. I mean, you could eat. I mean, the Ottawa Senators are are well without it, and they're still in a better position than most of the teams in the West right now in terms of the wild card. Uh, Tampa Tampa Bay is a, is a second wild card team right now, and they're tied with Detroit. Oh, and by the way, they just got Andre Vasilevsky back. Like that team's going to be coming back. The Toronto Maple Leafs aren't as bad as they as they have been playing. Like. What are what's Detroit's realistic expectations of uh, from you anyway? Yeah, it's going to be a hard road. I mean, this this is a team that's been trying to get back in the playoffs for so long. It's been a long, long rebuild for this Detroit team, who I believe still has the record. I don't know if that's true, or at least the most recent record of like consecutive playoff appearances. Like they, when I remember them, they were like a lock to make the postseason, and and lately they've been a lock to miss it. So um, they're. I think part of this signing is definitely, I don't want to say desperate, but more of just like show their fan base that they're willing to go out and get a guy, even if it's, you know, a guy that's way past his prime, a guy that's got, you know, is, is a name in hockey, which is Patrick Kane. I mean, he's won three Stanley cups, you know, despite, you know, how old he may be and he's coming off hip surgery. He is much better than 80% of the players probably in hockey. So like he has, a lot of skill that can still and an experience that can that can boost a team like this. And as you guys mentioned, he's back with to bring it as trade mentioned, that was once a very dynamic duo. If they can get half of that, that's going to help this team. I think Kane likes the style of play. I think the, I think he likes the way that he can slot in into this team already. Um, and he, they have a chance to win, you know, I think, so I think this is going to breathe a little bit of life, hopefully in the fan base, hopefully with the team, you can bring in a vet like this that can really give them a chance. But I don't, I don't think it hurts their chances. It, it can only help. It's kind of a low risk signing. Um, so I like this move overall for both sides, um, whether or not it pushes Detroit into the upper, upper echelon Eastern conference is yet to be determined. Um, I'm still, I'm still not hundred percent sold on this team yet. Um, but I think it's only going to help them. Um, so I would like to see Detroit back in the playoffs, um, and to see Patrick King kind of be on a team that can give them, you know, maybe just another shot. I don't, I guess I don't think they're anywhere, anywhere close to top contenders, but, um, I think this only helps their playoff chances. So I, as, as of today with this move and this signing, I think Detroit will make the playoffs how far they will go. Not so sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I congratulate Patrick Kane finding a team. I congratulate the Red Wings for going for here. Um, and we'll just see how the, how everything fares. Um, you know, he's on a good team. He's back with the That'll be fun to watch. Um, but moving on to the other side, to the West, to probably the best team in the NHL right now. Um, if you look at my power rankings, they're at the top. And it's funny because I, Tyler, I talked about this team and it happens to be your team, the LA Kings and Alex's team. And I said, you know, th- there seem to be outscoring their, their, some of their issues. And then I look at the stats yesterday or the day before, and I'm like, damn, the save percentage is back, baby. And this team is finding ways to, uh, to defend, to, to get, uh, not give up any chances. The LA Kings guys have been electric all season. They have been steady Eddie, uh, and, you know, it, it, it's all the help, you know, Cam Talbot's holding his own by far. I mean, Cam Talbot, 931 save percentage, absolutely fantastic, turning back the clock. Um, Adrian Kempe's doing his thing. Kevin Fiala's doing his thing. Oh, and by the way, I'm pretty sure uh, 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 we're, uh, we're, we're still missing um, Arvinson, who hasn't even come back yet. Uh, this team's depth is showing through. Tyler, I'm going to throw it right back at you. How are you feeling right now, man? And what do you think about your Kings? 
I feel fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, obviously coming into the season, the big, the huge giant question mark was their goaltending and Cam Talbot has exceeded expectations and he he's a, he's a all-star contender right now with the way he's playing those numbers you put up, you, you, you mentioned that nine, three, one save percentage at a 2.02 goals against, obviously he gets a lot of help from a great Kings defense, um, which has kind of always been their staple, but on the, on the other side of it, they've been scoring, which is very unlike any LA Kings team that we have seen before. And they're scoring at, you know, league best league, best rates. Um, you know, Anze Kopitar looks like he has not lost a step to, to, despite that he's getting up there in, 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 in age. I think Quentin Byfield has really kind of found him has found his own um, on, on, on that top line. And one other guy I just want to mention is uh, Trevor Moore. This is a guy that I've been um, hyping up for years. I think I, in, in, in this rebuild phase, I really love the way I just love watching him play. He, he hustles, he plays hard and as of today, he leads the team in goals. Um, and I think finally to see the stats kind of back up what I've seen for a while, which is just a really great, greedy hockey player, um, is great to watch. I think right behind Anje Kopitar, Trevor Moore is my favorite LA King. Um, I, I love watching him play and, the, and to see him have early success here and to be leading the team in goals is awesome. And just another death piece for this team, that, uh, an, 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 another guy that can score. I think there's a lot of other guys on this team that, you know, you look at, at their goals, you're like, damn, this, you know, they're, they're really playing really well. They're finding ways to score. It's not just um, Kopitar and, and, and Kempe who are also having great seasons. Who obviously you need those guys to, to um, be themselves. But yeah, I mean, right now in LA Kingsland, it's, it's, it's a fun party right now. It is, it is. Um, and you know, Trevor Moore has really, has really come out. I mean, le- like you said, leading goals, um, Adrian Kempe is really holding his own. Almost every forward has more has double digit, um, points, which is, which is fantastic to see Alex as the other, um, resident, um, LA King fan, you got to be happy about this. I want to talk about Quentin Byfield this season. Um, Quentin Byfield has been suspect, um, until this season, he's really come kind of come out and the, and, and McClellan seemed to have shifted him over the wing and which is weird because I didn't know how that would work considering he is a center at heart, but he's flying. How do you, th- what's your thoughts about Quinn Byfield and overall your Kings as a whole? Yeah. With CB, I mean, CB QB, it's definitely a, I think his development slowed down because of COVID. He was part of that draft class that had to deal with COVID and then didn't play and then took a lot of time to kind of get there and just, I mean, I think we even see it with um, what's his face in in New York, who was picked before him, Lafayette. Like he's also taking those steps forward, and it just takes time. And he's like 22 years old, so you know you got to give him, you got to give him a moment. And it, obviously, it helps playing next to Kopitar every day. Like that can only make you a better hockey player unless you're trying to be bad. Like there's just no way he can't make you better. Um, and if if this is the player that he turns out to be and he's, you know, not scoring a lot of goals, but he has the third most assists on the team, that's just as good. An assist is just as good as a goal. It gets you a point in your book either way. So, um, yeah, I mean, and it, it may be one of those things where down the line, it may be like he just becomes the center after Kobitar retires. And then they still have this crazy center depth, um, you know, moving forward, but he's been, he's been outstanding. And I think I, part of it too, is just the expectations of the number two overall pick. And you expect him to just immediately start scoring right away. And that does not happen 
often. Unless your name's, unless you're a Connor, it doesn't happen immediately. <laughs> so you just gotta, you know, tamper expectations, give them a little bit of time. Um, as for the Kings themselves, yeah, they're like Tyler mentioned, obviously the goalies was kind of the biggest question mark. They started off a little iffy and have really just locked it down. Um, they just play, they just play a full, a full game top, top to bottom. The team all works well together. Everyone's hustling. Everyone's doing their thing. Um, you know, part of the, with hockey, it's so much different. I think with goalies too, because you can be the best goalie in the world, but if the five guys in front of you aren't doing jack shit, there's not much you can do. Um, like I trade and I don't want to harp on this, but I noticed this in the Oilers, uh, hurricanes game. Like one of those goals, there was five Oilers and they all just stood there and watched the hurricane player skate in and take the puck and score. Like that is something this Kings team is not doing at the moment. Like they get after the pucks, they play the full, you know, the full ice. And, um, you know, obviously they're off to an historic road start, which helps they killed off like 26 penalties in a row or something. So they're just doing everything right. And it looks great right now. I'm sure some of it will come back to earth a little bit, but right now can't get much better. It really can't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite jealous, but very happy to see that the, uh, the Kings are looking this good. Um, James, you know, I look at this team and you know who they look like to me is they look like the other side. And when I say other side, I mean the same side of a two of a two headed coin of the Vegas golden Knights. They are deep. They don't have a whole lot of top end talent. I mean, the, yeah, you, you have, there is top end talent there, but it's not economic David. It's not a, it's not a Leon dry settle, but it's depth all the way down the lineup, just like Vegas. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that this team is best equipped to take down the Vegas golden Knights come playoff time? Oh, I absolutely do. Um, on the Vegas golden Knights thing, like this team is good. Seem is great, and I hate admitting that because of Tyler and Alex. Like that's how it is. Like, <laughs> you too. Yeah, it, it sucks to say, but when they're this good, you can't deny how good they are. They have so much depth. They have so much scoring, and like I wanted to mention Quentin Byfield because I knew about that, but you took that away from me, and that's okay. Like he's rocking it right now, which is fantastic. Um, goaltending, Cam Talbot. He has had years when he's been great, and then years when he's been bad. But that's really a function, especially with goalies, because they're strange creatures, as you would say. Um, it's really a function of confidence. And that confidence comes from the team around you and the culture that you've been exposed to. And this King's culture is used to winning. This King's culture is supported. This King's culture has Cam Talbot's back. That's a, There's a reason why he's playing as good as he is, because he is comfortable. He feels supported and he feels confident. And that's the biggest key thing here. If they can keep that up, and they will, because they have great leaders and great culture in Kopitar and Trevor Moore and um, just uh, Trevor or Kopitar and Kempe, that's what I was looking for. Like that, these are good leaders, and he, I think he's going to continue being a great goaltender moving forward. Uh, they are, like you said, step in step with the Golden Knights, and you got to give the edge to the Kings because they are a tad bit hungrier than the Knights are. The Knights just won, so they they're like the Chiefs. They're kind of just chilling, waiting, and doing their thing, waiting for playoffs to come around. And that might bite you in the ass later. But the Kings haven't won in a while. Sure, they've won in, in the modern times, but they haven't won in a while. And they're hungrier. And they are a tad bit younger when it comes to some of these guys. I, I like the Kings' chances. I think they're going to do well. 
Yes, I, I really do. I, I really think that they are going to be the tops of the division. They, um, after tonight, hopefully for everyone's sake, uh, the Kings will, um, will be able to, to take that top spot. Um, it may not be, I don't think they play today, but they, but a, a loss by the, uh, by the Golden Knights today would be another game at hand and another loss. So, they, so, uh, LA would have plenty of chances to take that spot. And I think it's going to happen this week. Um, just really quick, of course, for 56% in their favor, expected goals for, um, versus their against is, 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 is extremely wide and, and, and definitely in their favor. Uh, they, the, uh, high, high danger chance chances for 59%. Uh, they're, they're finding ways to find chances and, and, um, limiting the chances in front of Cam Talbot and, and, uh, Phoenix Copley, uh, this team right now is buzzing. And, uh, if they keep this up, I don't know how they can be brought down because that depth is just too good. Todd McClellan, I miss you so very much. (laughs) Uh, moving on to the, um, excuse me, the key matchups, um, just before we get there, Let's talk about um, who's who's leading. Uh, actually, James and I are tied three and three, so we're not as good at this as we are at NBA. No one is is above five hundred. Um, Tyler, you're one and five, so uh, so there's that. And Alex, you're two and four. Uh, so we've only done this two weeks. Uh, that's through six games, uh, and we have three new ones for you this week. Pretty good runs, pretty doozies. Um, Vegas Golden Knights are headed to Vancouver in a couple days. Um, uh, Vegas Golden Knights are on a little bit of a weird slide right now, um, finding struggles to score uh, at times and, and and wins. And then Vancouver seemingly kind of coming back down to earth-ish. Alex, who do you got? Knights, Canucks. This is a game that I want to see the Canucks cement themselves as a legitimate team. So I'm going Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. How about you, Tyler? What do you got? Canucks, Knights. I'm also going to go with the Canucks here. All right, James, who do you got here? I got Vegas to prove a point because I don't like Vancouver and I still think they're a fake team. <laughs> I'm actually going to say Vegas uh, as well. Um, again, hopefully after this night, they're going to be very hungry for a win um, after uh, after a day's rest and we'll uh, we'll see how they do. The Flyers are headed to their bitter rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, needless to say, both teams are in a weird position right now. The penguins are just finding, trying to find a way back in the playoffs. Let's go back the other way. James flyers at Pittsburgh. Uh, penguins win. And, uh, Sid, the kid scores two goals. Sid, the kid scores two goals. Are you going to bet that? Yeah, probably. You're going to bet that. Okay. Tyler, what do you got? James, no one asked you that, but that's fine. Uh, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm going to go flyers here. Philadelphia. (laughs) You like Philly here, huh? Okay. And what about you, Alex? I'm going to go Flyers just because Tyler made me giggle. And <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I too am going to go F- Philadelphia here. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think about the, uh, about the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Um, like they're so streaky and they were like that last year. Like they're so damn streaky. And I just, I just hate that. Um, another bitter divisional rivalry, original six matchup. Boston's headed to Toronto. Toronto's looking like ass and Boston is a little bit on a slide, but you know, it's Boston. They could easily turn it around. Uh, Tyler, you're first this time. What do you like? Bruins at Leafs. Boston. You like Boston. Okay. Yeah. Because fuck the Maple Leafs. Uh, Alex. Uh, Because I've agreed with Tyler twice and I don't want to do it a third time Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I almost put Maple's Leafs in there. Um, and what about you, James? 
Boston, man, I, they're still the better team. They are the better team. However, I, I it's one of those games that I just think that Toronto's going to step up for. It's, I believe that's on the second. So uh, that would be Hockey Night in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Hockey Night in Canada is a big deal at home. Um, I'm going to say Toronto um, does something because they kind of need to. Um, and I just think that whenever things get really, really bad in one week or two weeks, all of a sudden they like go on a run. Um, that might be the start. So uh, I'm going to have the Toronto Maple Leafs right here, but I don't love it because fuck the Leafs. Um, that's all, <laughs> but that is all I have this week. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the hockey stuff this week. Thank you, Traden. Love talking hockey as always. Hockey's fun right now with how well the Kings are playing. So um, that, that that's what gets me through these cold winter months of no baseball. And the Kings are doing a great job of that this year. So thank you, Kings, for being so good. Please keep it up because it's been fun to watch. Um, that is That will be it for episode 176 of TLDR Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, learned a little bit. Um, and sh- like and share this podcast with your friends and family who you think might like it. We always appreciate spreading the word of, of this nice little podcast that we got going. We enjoy doing it. We uh, hope to keep doing it for many more episodes to come. Hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving and hope you guys are enjoying the uh, holiday festivities because we know that's a, that's a whole month-long celebration um, that, that you guys are enjoying. So hope you guys are liking that. Hopefully you guys are having a great week, great day, great month as we wind up the last uh, month of 2023. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks for, thanks for listening.